This is Psalms to God, Season 3, Episode 1, Common Knowledge. You can find the show notes for this episode at www.psalmstogod.com. On the testimony of two or three witnesses, every matter shall be confirmed. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. New American Standard Bible. excited to be kicking off season three. I've actually really missed recording episodes, so I'm really glad to be back at it. And over the break, I started thinking about what the theme for this season would be. The first season was Fruit of the Spirit. The second season was Precision of Language. In season three, we're going to be talking about common knowledge. Now, I wanted to do this first episode on the entire concept just so that we would all be on the same page going through this season. One of the things that really inspired this season um, were conversations that I had with some of my friends um, about different cultures having very similar um, mythology or concepts. For instance, every culture decided that it was not okay to kill each other. Like we all came to some of the same conclusions. And I wanted to look into the things that were similar across cultures and contrast them and talk about them. And then as I was having these ideas, I went back to this verse that is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1, that talks about the fact that when you accuse somebody or when you take something to somebody, you were supposed to have two or three witnesses for the matter to be confirmed. And that those two things juxtaposed together started getting the wheels turning in my mind and really kicked off the inspiration for this particular season um, and how things were going to look. So without further ado, let's jump in and actually define what common knowledge is because that was one of the things as I was piecing together this theme I like I knew the topics I wanted to discuss and kind of the overarching idea but I wasn't really sure that calling it common knowledge was actually an accurate thing so I looked up the definition of common knowledge and I was actually a little shocked because what I was taught in high school has changed apparently when I was in high school they told me that you could consider something common knowledge if you found it in three sources. And when I thought about it, I figured that that would have had to change anyway because in today's age, you can find a lot of stuff on the internet that doesn't make it common knowledge, it doesn't make it true. So just finding any three sources that say something, you could probably justify just about anything. But that's not really Um, how common knowledge works. There are actually a couple of different definitions of what common knowledge is, and it's dependent upon who it is that you're talking to um, and what you're talking about. 
there is common knowledge um, that is specific to like a niche field. So I am a computer scientist, I'm a software engineer. There are certain things that are common knowledge within computer science. Like if I'm talking to another computer scientist, I can assume that's common knowledge. But if I'm talking to somebody who is maybe like an art major or a doctor or, or something like that, then it may not be common knowledge anymore. But the thing that was closest to my high school definition was that anything that you can find in at least five scholarly sources. And that's, that's a key thing there because um, for so many reasons, as, as somebody who has a PhD, I understand the, that there is a faultiness with only doing scholarly sources. The, the whole thing with scholarly sources is that they're peer reviewed. So many people have checked it, it's been fact checked or proven or whatever. Um, there is some politics involved in that. So it's, it's not like, oh, just because it's not in a scholarly paper, it's automatically false or whatever. It's just, there could be many reasons. But I also understand the need to actually look at scholarly things because as I said earlier, people can post anything on the internet. And that's one of the troubles that our generation has is that there's so much information and it's really hard to know what is true and what is not which is also part of what I wanted to talk about in this season. So at least five scholarly articles. Um, I would say that I would go with also five trustworthy articles, um, things that you, you know, that people trust. Um, and then also it's anything that you can safely assume the reader or the listener knows. Um, that's what I meant earlier about as a computer scientist, if I'm talking to another con computer scientist, there are certain things that they probably know. If you're a Christian and I'm a Christian, it may be common knowledge that Genesis 1 talks about creation. But if you're talking to an atheist who's never read the Bible, it may not be common knowledge anymore, right? Certain things, you know, um, it, it just depends on who it is that you're talking to, your audience. And then, of course, the final point that I found was that it's not disputed, um, because, which makes sense because a lot of things are highly disputed. So there are things that are common knowledge in terms of people know about them. So if I start talking about creation, whether you are Christian or atheist or maybe even if you are Buddhist or Hindu, um, but you live in the Western world, you've been exposed to Christianity in some form, so you have an idea of what I'm talking about, but it's not necessarily considered common knowledge because people are at odds about whether they believe it or not. Um, for the purpose of this episode and for the purpose of this season, um, we're not really gonna worry about things that are disputed because this is a religious podcast. We are talking about theology, we're talking about spirituality, and pretty much everything is going to be disputed. We're talking interpretations, we're talking, you know, factuality and, and accuracy. Um, we're talking about translations. There, there's so many things along the way that are disputed, but I'm talking about common knowledge more in the sense of familiarity. And it's more so, um, I think, along the lines of the first two, things that you can find in multiple places, maybe not necessarily five, some things, some things I might actually be finding in five different cultures or five different religions, 
Um, of course, those wouldn't necessarily be considered scholarly articles. Um, but again, I'm saying trusted sources or whatever. Um, and I'm also talking about things that we can safely assume the reader knows. And I think that definition is probably the highest thing, right? Like if I come up to the average person and I say, there are seven days in a week, most people are not going to be like, so where did you get that information from? What, I mean, some of us might ask questions like, why are there seven days in a week? Why did we decide this? But most people will, you know, will follow and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's common knowledge. Right. Um, if I start talking about fall and like foliage, be like, yeah, sometimes the leaves turn colors in the fall. Most people are not going to be like, well, I've never heard that. I've never seen that. I need some scientific evidence that that's true. I do, most people have seen a tree turn orange or red or, or brown or something in the fall. Even those of us living in, you know, these kind of tropical climates, there are still trees here that lose their leaves um, in the in the winter. So these are things you can say without people coming at you and being like, I don't know what you're talking about. And so when I start talking about different things this season, when I'm referencing common knowledge or this theme, is that I want to talk about concepts and ideas that are present in multiple cultures. So there are certain things as an American, as a black person, as a woman, being in my specific culture, even as like a southerner, there are certain things that are very common or niche to me, right? I, in fact, we just celebrated New Year's. I am from a small town in South Carolina. And a lot of people in South Carolina eat what's called Hoppin' Johns for New Year's. And a lot of people don't know what that is outside of South Carolina. Also, um, now that I'm in South Florida, I have a lot of friends who are Haitian and there is a soup that they eat. I'm not gonna try to pronounce it because I'm just gonna butcher it. So there is the soup that they eat that is representative of Haitian Independence Day. When I first heard it, I was like, what is that, right? These things don't necessarily transfer from one culture to another culture. However, when I talk to my Haitian friends, like I said, they're very aware that it's wrong to kill people. Like, it doesn't matter that they grew up in Haiti and I grew up in South Carolina. This is a universal principle. And those are the types of things that I want to explore this season. So, like I said, one of the inspirations that kind of linked this idea of common knowledge and this season back to uh, Christianity and back to my studies was that there are all of these verses in the Bible that talk about establishing an issue on the testimony of two or three. Now, I do want to point out that every single verse that I found this in is talking about accus an accusatory nature, okay? It's not saying that in order to obey God or to, um, you know, to know God, then everything has to be confirmed three times, right? It's not like, oh, okay, God is going to, like, for instance, God told Jonah to go to Nineveh. It doesn't say you have to be told two or three times before it, it will happen. But there is this notion of things being confirmed multiple times. And it was interesting because this theme is repeated throughout the Bible. So it starts in the Old Testament um, as Moses is writing down the law, he's explaining that you can't just lock somebody up or, or stone somebody or, or whatever or kick them out of the, the camp 
because one person said X, Y, Z. And that makes sense. I think even if you take that out of the Bible and, and say that to just a random person on the street, again, we're talking about common knowledge because we understand that one person could have a vendetta against you and they could make up lies. We need multiple witnesses. We need, we need, to, be, we need to confirm this issue with multiple people. Now, that doesn't mean that a whole group of people won't get together and, you know, form a conspiracy to have you, you know, your reputation tarnished. But in general, you know, it's more likely that something is true if multiple people are saying the same thing. Um, one, of the, one of the really interesting experiences that I've had in my life, um, I did an internship for the Department of Defense, and in order to get it, you have to get a security clearance. So they do a background check, and an investigator goes and talks to like your friends and family and, and, and all kinds of other people to find out who you are and what kind of person uh, you know, you've been all your life. And they, they go and they talk to people from different areas. So they went and talked to people from my high school, and they also talked to people at college they, because they want to get a, a full picture and it was so crazy because my friend from high school actually said the exact same phrase that my friend from college said and they have never met each other they've never spoken to each other but they both described me with the exact same phrase that is the power of establishing something by the power of two witnesses or three witnesses where you're getting information that is exactly the same across the board and i could imagine the person who's hearing this is like oh wow like either they either thought that i told them to say that or they were like this is exactly who this person is and they're consistent they've been consistent in high school and they've been consistent in college so if you want to look up some of the verses that talk about this specifically i already mentioned second corinthians chapter 13 verse 1 that's in the new testament um, also in the Old Testament, there is Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 6, as well as chapter 19, verse 15. There are some more in the New Testament, Matthew 18, verse 16, 1 Timothy 5, cha um, chapter 5, verse 19, and also Hebrews chapter 10, verse 28. So I thought that was interesting. Um, but again, like I said, that was really about testifying to someone's character, um, you know, punishing somebody, et cetera, et cetera. It wasn't really about the facts per se, but even then I've noticed that throughout the Bible, there is repetition. There are a lot of things that are told in multiple places. For instance, if you look at first and second Kings, um, and first and second Chronicles, there's a lot of repeated information right? If you look at the letters of Paul, there's some repeated information. Um, if you, I mean, the New Testament in general repeats a lot of the Old Testament. A lot of people are not necessarily familiar with that, but there are multiple things where it's like, I feel like God revealed things to multiple people or multiple people said the same things, um, kind of like this idea of the confirmation of two or three. And then there are other things where things are just repeated, like, for, like, holy, holy, holy. Like, you, you, I mean, you could just say holy once, but it gives it emphasis when you say it multiple times. And so I started thinking about when has God done this in, as an example? And one of the first things that came to my mind was Joseph. Joseph, the son of Jacob, not Joseph, 
the husband of, of Mary. But um, Joseph had dreams and he was he had dreams and he was also very good at interpreting dreams. So when Joseph gets um, locked up, he ends up encountering two different people and both of these men have dreams and he accurately predicts what will happen to each of these men. Now, by the time, you know, this gets back to Pharaoh, only one man is alive, but the one man is testifying on behalf of both him and the other man. So us as the reader and also Pharaoh and also the man who is, is testifying, he has seen the testimony of another person as well. Um, the, a similar thing happens to Pharaoh himself when he has the dream about the, the, the famine. The dream comes to him twice, but it's, it's two different dreams, but they both mean the same thing. So they're very similar. First, he dreams about the, the cows, the, the healthy cows and the sick cows. And then he dreams about the healthy wheat and the sick wheat. Um, and they're both meant to tell him what's going to happen. Um, in Revelation, it says that God will send two witnesses, not just one, but two. And then, like I said, if you go through a lot of the prophetic passages, there's a lot of um, crossover between Isaiah and Jeremiah. There's crossover between Daniel and Revelation. Um, there's just a lot of things that repeat throughout the Bible where it seems like God is making a point to show us that these things correlate and that they're they're very um i don't know how to explain it but they're, they're like it's basically just making people aware that god is telling multiple people so you're more likely to believe it if if that makes any sense so i started thinking to myself what if this also occurs outside of our community outside of our church family outside of god's sheep because there is a verse in the new testament where jesus says that he has sheep of a different fold that we don't know about right so i was like there's i mean there's a little bit of truth in everything um there there really is and that is also why people believe certain things i mean if it was just completely you know outlandish no one would believe it so it made me think about all of these different things and, and cultural topics that seem to be universal, but also how certain aspects um, play a part in multiple cultures. And we'll get into specific things as, you know, as we get into the season, each episode will be about a particular topic. Um, and we'll look at how different cultures view that topic and, and how that came to be. Some of these things, it may be like an element. For instance, I want to talk about the concept of a war in heaven, right? Because in Christianity, there is the war in heaven, but there are also other religions or other cultures that believed that there was a war amongst gods or a war um, between powers that are higher than the humans or whatever. Um, and, and so that exists across cultures. Most religions, there are a few that don't believe this, but a lot of religions, even outside of the Abrahamic religions, believe in um, a god or gods that are playing a part in human life, that they're intervening and that, that something is happening as a result of 
you know, what they do or, or what the person does or how the person interacts with them. Um, there is, you know, this concept of how mankind got knowledge, right? There are lots of cultures that believe this knowledge was given to us by a divine being or a divine um, entity. And so I just think it's interesting that certain things um, pop up across the globe and even though they're not exactly the same, they're very, very similar or they have the same underlying tone or, or concept. Um, I can't mention these things, can't give this preview without also mentioning the flood. Almost every culture has a story about a great flood enveloping the world or a large portion of the world. And so I want to take the time to look at all of these things and try to find some commonality, try to find the common threads and try to see what humanity knows just basically, like instinctually, what is common knowledge amongst humanity when it comes to spirituality, religion, the origin of the earth, um, our relationship with God, and how we got to be in the position that we're in now. All right, so thank you guys for listening to this episode. I'm really excited about this season. I can't wait to get into all of these topics. I hope you will stay tuned. As always, if you want to get the latest content, you can go to the blog, www.psalmstogod.com. Um, you can subscribe to any of the content there, including the podcast. Um, you can also find this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Podcasts, um, Spotify, and I think there may be something else, but you can find it in your typical podcast locations, whatever you're listening to it on, and you can subscribe there so that each time an episode is released, you will get notified. And like I said, this year is the first year that we're also on YouTube, so you can see me as I write out my notes when I'm prepping the episode. Um, if, if you like to see something visual to help you, you know, retain information, you can go to my YouTube channel, which will be linked in the show notes and in the description, and you can follow me there and subscribe as well. So I really appreciate it, and I can't wait to talk to you in 2021.